more about it than I did. I had to take my dad through gallbladder surgery and, and he, with his Alzheimer's and stuff, needed to be there for him during that time. And God's, God's timing is always right. But I, like I said the other day, I know I'm here in the perfect will of God. He feels that he's going to go there in the perfect will of God. And, uh, and Brother Shock probably testified that he's in the perfect will of God being where he's at. Uh, but it's just good to know the will of God in your life and be where he wants you to be. It's always a blessing to know. So anyway, I appreciate that. So Brother uh, Shock, you come on and uh, preach to us. And again, just preach. And so we're here until you're done. <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow night. But we'll be back tomorrow 11. But um, looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to the word of God and what he's got lined up for us. I just put it on there. All right. Thank you, Pastor. May. Well, it is a joy to be back. We thank you for taking us on for support. We were humbled by it. We pray the Lord will bless you for it. And uh, we thank you for the good motel room. And uh, thank you for the privilege to be here now. We had, a, we had quite a meal. <laughs> I was hoping he'd go a little longer. <laughs> and... Uh, and it was quite a meal, amen. We appreciate the hospitality from uh, the pastor and his wife. And they're almost like our own children. And we love them dearly. And we've tried to keep up with them ever since they got out of the will of God and left Georgia. <laughs> I'm teasing, okay? They know I'm, they know I'm teasing. Amen. And uh, I met this young man, oh, he was still a teenager, right? Amen. Him and his brother both, through Preacher Combs' uh, mutual friend, and I worked out of Preacher Combs' church for about five years, but uh, he and his brother are both fine young men. You couldn't find better, you couldn't find a better young man to support than this man right here. Amen. Amen. Well, look in the book of Jonah with me. Jonah this evening. Now the pastors asked me to come for a missions revival. Now I've got more material than I've got time to give it. And so I'm, I hope you can take crash courses, amen. And I must say, and I hope I can be a help and a benefit to you in some way or another. I'll tell you this, that faith promised missions works. It's, it, it's the best way to go as far as trying to uh, reach, reach the lost. I don't know of a better way, a better method than the faith promise missions. You can, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here for a minute, but I know people try to budget missions and, and uh, you're limited in a, in a budget, okay? And uh, uh, you ought to live on a budget. The church ought to live on a budget. But it's hard to do much for missions on a budget. So there's where that faith element comes in. Amen. We're going to read here in Jonah the first three verses in just a minute. When you think about missions, it's missions is both corporate and individual. By that I mean that uh, what God does, what God does, he does through a people. Under the law, he worked through the nation of Israel. Okay, On, in this church age that we're in, he works through the church. God works through the local church, amen. Uh, the commission was given to the church. Uh, I know some people try to cut all that up, but uh, God gave the commission uh, to the church. Those, those 12 disciples were the formation of the church, local church, and uh, 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 just before our Lord resurrected, you'll find five times where it records the, what we call the Great Commission. Uh, you count them up in all four Gospels and then Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Uh, so what's near and dear to the Savior's heart is missions. Amen. The commission, reaching the lost. You think about our, our Lord didn't come just to be a good example to mankind. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to pay our sin debt. Amen. 
And we need a world understanding that the whole world is lost in sin. And the whole world needs to be reached with the good news that Jesus saves sinners. Now, I started out the church, the Lord works through the church, but the church can only do as the individual members respond to the challenge of missions. Amen. Amen. In other words, you'll limit the church uh, unless you respond in the right way in faith to the challenge that God wants to give you. Amen. Okay. Now, uh, missions, as far as we're concerned, uh, uh, what, what we pattern after was actually started a couple centuries back with uh, William Carey. Uh, there was a great missionary movement started under William Carey, and he preached a message uh, out of Isaiah chapter 54. And he had two little thoughts in the message. One is that we are to expect great things from God. Amen. That would be the faith aspect of missions. God can. Amen. Uh, expect great things from God. And then the second point was, at the same time, we are to attempt great things for God. Right. Amen. That's the promise aspect of it. That's our involvement in it. Amen. When This week, this weekend, when you think about the missions conference, there's two verses you ought to put to heart. Uh, just portions of the verses. One is in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus was the... 12-year-old boy and had been left behind in Jerusalem and this, uh, Mary and Joseph came to, found him in the temple and, you know, questioning him. Jesus responded to Mary, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Jesus came to do the father's business. Amen. Now, the good news is that he's enlisted us in that same thing. Amen. That every one of us has a part in the Father's business. Amen. Amen. Now, well, let me back up a step. What is, why did the Lord come? To seek and to save that which was lost. So our part is, we're to be, we have a part in helping to seek and to save yes. that which was lost. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, the second verse is in Acts chapter 9, when Saul of Tarsus is on the road to Damascus with letters that if he should find any of the way that he could have him imprisoned, he's the one that received the cloak at the stoning of Stephen, and God began to uh, convict him from that point on, and uh, where Paul said it was hard to kick against the pricks. But uh, Saul of Tarsus, who, you know, God changed his name to Paul, the apostle of the Gentiles, when the Lord, when he saw the light and heard the voice speaking to him, uh, Paul's response was, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Amen. So every one of us has something we can do. Amen. Uh, uh, what a privilege that God would even think about us to enlist us in His business. You know, God could do it any way He wanted to. He, may, he could use angels. He has used angels. But He chooses to work through the church, through the individual members of the church, to carry out the Father's business. Amen. Okay. So you ought to be praying these next couple of days, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Okay? Now, again, it's corporate and it's individual. Uh, the church can't take on missionaries if the individual members will not accept the challenge by faith. Amen? Okay? Now, the book of Jonah. You say, boy, I thought you was doing missions. Well, I... It, 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 there's a lot of missions from Genesis 1-1 through Revelation 22-21, and Jonah is a book of missions. Amen. Okay. Let's read in verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, 
Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Isn't that a foolish statement? Trying to run from the presence of the Lord. Did not the psalmist say if he climbed into the highest peak, the Lord was there. If he descended to the lowest depths, guess who's there? Amen. You will not be able to run from the presence of the Lord. But Jonah's got it in his head. He's going to run from the presence of the Lord. Read on with me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. He says it twice in that verse. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, I am thankful for the opportunity that you've given for us to be back here at Sooner Rose Baptist Church. And Lord, we've enjoyed our time. Uh, we've been here a couple of times already. The fellowship is good here at the church. We appreciate their kindness to us and supporting our ministry. Lord, I pray you'd give us good liberty these, uh, this weekend, these couple of days. Lord, help me to, that I might be able to bring forth a challenge uh, out of the Word of God and help these folks in their missionary endeavor for the next year. I pray for good liberty that you make the preaching time easy, that each one would pray for your will out of this meeting and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when you think about the book of Jonah, I'll give you a few introductory remarks, and then we'll hone it in on missions, okay? When you think about the book of Jonah, it's one of the most hated books in the Word of God, the book of Jonah. It's just four little chapters, and yet it's mocked and ridiculed and made fun of and made light of and... People despise the book of the book of Jonah. They'll get this, you know, all the learned people. You know, they they are always, they are always around. Amen. Right. And, and the, you believe Jonah was swallowed by a whale? I believe it if it said Jonah swallowed the whale. Amen. I believe it. I believe it because God said so. Okay. But it, but the book of Jonah is hated. I, here, hold your place. Hold your marker and look in Matthew. You know these, and I could, I could just allude to them, but look in Matthew chapter 12. Uh, here I, I'm going to give you a good reason to believe the book of Jonah. Uh, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38. Matthew 12 and verse 38. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. That's the same Jonah, okay? For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment against this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold are greater than Jonas is here. He says it again in Matthew 16 and verse 4. He says a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas and he left them and he departed. In two places in your New Testament, our Lord and Savior authenticated the book of Jonah. Amen. Uh, You know, I believe it because it's in his word, but I believe it too because our Lord authenticated the book. Amen. You can can bank on it. You you, You can rest assured this book is as much the word of God as Genesis 3.16, I mean uh, John 3.16 or Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Hey, it is, it is the Word of God. Amen. Now, why is the book of Jonah hated? Go back to the book of Jonah. Why is it hated? Well, I'll give you a few reasons. It's hated, first of all, because it's a book of miracles. Amen. 
I mean, there's miracles happening in every chapter. Amen? It's a book of miracles. People despise it and ridicule it and make fun of it because God records miracle after miracle in this little short book. Amen? But then also it's hated and despised because it, it pictures our Lord and Savior. Our, we just read, as, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Hey, it's a picture of our Lord and Savior. Amen, okay? But then, thirdly, the book is hated because it records uh, a, a great movement of God. You, you ever stop to ponder this? You know, we get this attitude, what can I do? Well, God always uses the individual. You'll not find where God uses the multitude. God uses the individual. He uses the base things, the common things. Uh, why? So that when he does what he does, he'll get the glory. Amen. Okay. But God wants to use you. He wants to use you in the mission outreach. He wants to use you here at Sooner Rose Baptist Church. Amen. God uses the individual. Uh, here, we're talking about one man, one man, Jonah. And, I, and you know this, Jonah was a reluctant prophet. But God used this reluctant prophet, this one man, to go and preach eight words of judgment to uh, that heathen city of Nineveh. I was asking your pastor, talking with him, I, I checked on Google, and uh, Oklahoma City, uh, I'm not talking about the greater, I'm just talking about the city itself. According to Google, is like 600, what did I tell you, 643,000 people in Oklahoma City. Uh, if you count the... It's probably in the millions, okay? But Oklahoma City is over 600,000 people is the point I want to make. Nineveh, they, there they are again, those, they're always there, they. They say that Nineveh was a city of over 600,000 people. Amen. You think about it. Over 600,000 people because of the preaching of one reluctant preacher, a message of judgment, God moved in such a way that the whole city sat in sackcloth and ashes, repented toward God with anticipation of what God might do. That's a movement. Over 600,000 people making a move toward God. They were heathen people. They were cultured people. It was a culture center. It was an educational center. Uh, I mean, you think about any, you think about Oklahoma City and all that Oklahoma City contains, all, all the possibilities within. Hey, Nineveh was no different. I mean, you, anything and everything was in Nineveh. And yet these people, because of the preaching of one, Sat in sackcloth and ashes. God wants to use you as a one among many. I, I always say that I'd like to see one person make a move toward God when I preach. But 600,000 people made a move toward God. Well, that's quite a movement. Amen. Okay. See, but the power wasn't in the reluctant prophet. The power was in the, the God that sent him. Amen. Okay. Now, so it's a book of miracles. It's a book about our Lord. It's a book of, of the movement of God. Uh, a fourth thought here is that Jonah also is a book that pictures the importance of the will of God for each individual. What well, was important in Jonah's life was the will of God. But Jonah was too busy living for Jonah. 
wasn't concerned about the will of God. Amen. Uh, I, I've heard your pastor say, uh, our God's a gentleman. Our Lord is a gentleman. He will not force his will upon you. But he has a way of showing you how it would be best for your life. Amen. Jonah was shown here what was important was not Jonah. What was important was the will of God. Which reminds me of another verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But then here's, here's what I want to center on, and that is that Jonah is also a book of missions. Somebody says, well, you can't show me missions in the Bible. You can't show me missions. Well, that's just because you're not looking. I mean, it's, it's right there as plain as the nose on your face. Uh, God's interested in reaching over 600 heathen people in the city of Nineveh. And he's so interested in, re in reaching them that he raises up one prophet to go and preach his bidding unto them. Amen. God is interested in reaching the lost. I'll throw this out. You think about the psalmist in Psalm 8. Well, the psalms are so rich. Psalm 8. Uh, we, we always look to the part where the psalmist says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Well, we're just a speck of dirt. We're just a little dust ball on a bigger dirt ball out here in God's vast universe. You want to know what we are? Look under your bed and pull out some of them dust bunnies. That's all we are. But God chooses to use us. What we overlook in that psalm is where, where the psalmist says, When I consider thy heavens and thy handiwork. You know, God placed the stars to get man's attention. I've been told I don't have all the details. I didn't read this. I told it. But I believe it. I was told about, you know, everybody says, well, if God's so interested, you know, what about the heathen? I want to say, yeah, he's trying to reach you. <laughs> you know, humor helps. But they're talking about, you know, darkest Africa or the Amazon jungle. I was told about two African nationals uh, out one night, and it's a clear night, no clouds, and the stars are all shining bright. And they're talking amongst themselves, and they're, they're looking at the stars, and they're saying, there, there has to be a God that, that put them stars there. This, you know, they worship some kind of thing they'd made up, amen. Right. So th that, can't be, that can't be the God who placed them stars. So they made a pact that they were going to set out to find the God who'd placed them stars. And as they headed out the next day to look for that God, God had burdened two missionaries <laughs> to go to where those men were, and they kind of met together and were able to converse enough to where those two men asked him about the stars. And they said, let me tell you about the God who hung those stars. God hung the stars to get your attention. Amen. God said, let there be light to get your attention. Before God ever made anything, God was already interested in your attention. Amen. Okay. God is interested in reaching the lost. You see it here. Uh, he didn't, he's, he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He would have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. And he set up a way to do it. And it's faith, promise, missions. 
Jonah is a book of missions. God, God raised up a prophet to go to a heathen people and preach the bidding that he bid him and 600,000 people repent. Amen. God is interesting. You say, well, you know, that little bit I could do. Hey, God uses little things. Amen. Uses little things. Well, I read these first three verses. This will get us started. Okay. And uh, look here again with me at a couple things. It says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying. Now, this Jonah here, it's, 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 it tells us that he's from Amittai. Can you hold your place again? Go to 2 Kings. You'll find that right after 1 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 14. 2 Kings chapter 14. Now, I'm not going to read this in context because the context is not important. I want to bring out a fact out of the verse. 2 Kings 14, look at verse 25. 2 Kings 14, 25. He restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath unto the Sea of the Plain. Notice, here's what I'm getting to. According to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gath Hefer. Okay? Uh, I'm wanting you to take note. Jonah, the son of Amittai, which was from Gath Hefer. Okay? You know what amazes me is when Jesus showed up on the scene, uh, they, they, they were offended at him. Uh, all the religious crowd, uh, you know, when he showed up, they said, Who is this that he gets all this attention? Uh, in John chapter 7, that were there re- reprimanding uh, Nicodemus, and they, you know, they said, There's no prophet that comes out of Galilee. Okay? My point is, they didn't even believe their own scriptures. Because right here it tells us that this, this prophet, this man of God, Jonah, the son of Amittai, was from Gath Hefer. Gath Hefer was part of Galilee, the very northern part of, of Israel. It's a little spot on the map in that part of Israel known as Galilee. Okay? Now, why is that important, preacher? Well, names have meaning. Okay, I use a little humor. Humor helps. Uh, they, you know, they, they again. Uh, uh, with the name, the book, the book of names. Uh, if you read Gary, that's my, my, my uh, first name, Gary. It means brave warrior. Of course, you already knew that looking at me, right? Amen. But no, Gath Heeper... It, uh, every place has a meaning, okay? The name has a meaning, okay? And Gath Hefer, you can check me out, you can Google it, you can get your, uh, some research materials, or, you know, uh, and you can check me out. But Gath Hefer had to do with a, with a starting place. It, it actually refers to beginning to dig a hole, for a watering hole or dig a hole for a well, and it has to do with starting. Amen? Okay? What's your point in that? Well, uh, Jonah had a starting place. Amen? Okay? This young man had a starting place. Amen? Brother Bell had a starting place. Now, there's twofold application. You, you need to make certain you've had a starting place as to your salvation. You ought to be able to go back to when the Lord saved you. That was your starting place. You know, part of, part of the reason we have so many lost people is because they have this, this wrong thinking. Well, I've always believed God. No, you didn't always. Nobody's always believed God. 
You had a starting place. His testimony was he was a young boy. And a starting place. Amen. I was 24 years old. Lived in these, grew up in these United States. Knew about the man, Jesus. Knew about his birth. Knew about his death. But I didn't tie none of it to my sin. Didn't hear the gospel clear cut uh, until November of, 70, of 72. I was 24 years old when God saved me. I had a starting place. I could take you back to that place. Amen. Now I'll give you this. You don't necessarily have to remember what day it was. Whether it was, you know, a Sunday 20, the 28th or a Monday the 5th. Or, you don't necessarily have to know the, the day, but you have to know there was a time. Amen. You, you ought to be able to run back to a time that was your starting point. That's when God birthed you into his family. So when you turned from your sin and turned to him, God saved you by his grace and by his mercy. Amen. But also that's true of missions. That's true of your service for the Lord. Uh, I, these people kill me. I've always served the Lord. Yeah, sure. You're doing stand-up now. Amen. Hey, nobody always was serving the Lord. You had a starting point. Amen. You had a beginning place. Amen. Hey, you didn't get any water out of a well until you started. Amen. Now, you won't get in anywhere in missions until you start. We, Barbara and I, we like a little amusement. I know some people are against it, but uh, we, we, like, we like the old Ma and Pa kettle movies. You ever watch any of them? Uh, old Pa Kettle says, yeah, I'll have to get around to that one of these days. Everything is one of these days. Going to get around to it one of these days. Amen? Okay. What's your point? That's how we are with missions. We're as bad as Pa Kettle. We're going to get, I, we don't want anybody to go to hell. Nobody in here wants anybody dying in their sin. Nobody in here wants anybody to perish. But we're going to get around to it one of these days. No, there's a starting place. Amen. Okay. And then once you start, uh, that's, that's it. That's the starting place. You're not done. That's only the beginning. Amen. Okay. You know, when I didn't know anything when the Lord saved me. I, I don't claim to know that much now. But I know this, that, that as my faith increased, then there was changes in my life. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. You know, well, how, how old were you again when, when you were saved? Nine. nine. You know, if the Lord had told him when he's nine years old, uh, you're going to leave your mom and daddy. You're going to leave uh, the, the hills of Tennessee. You're going to leave everything that's familiar. And you're going out to where people have cursed you and cussed you. They don't want you there. They're not interested in what you have. At nine years old, you'd have been scared to death. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, your faith grows. And as your faith grows, your service grows. Amen. So there is a starting place, but that's not the end of it. You know, somebody say, well, you know, I once gave to missions. Well, that's good, but that was only a start. Amen? Okay. So, Gathheeper is your starting place. Now, let me say this. Just as you didn't get saved by accident, God didn't sneak up on you and save you, and you say, oh, I guess, wow, look, I'm saved. Amen? Uh, you're not going to just fall into missions. It's something you're going to have to take up. Something you're going to have to take on your own. Amen? Something you're going to have to purpose to do. Yes. Now, I almost went another direction. But in John chapter 4, 
I like John chapter 4 because how, it shows how much the Lord's interested in sinners. Amen. He went out of his way to go that well because there was a sinner woman coming. Shows he's not only interested in 600,000, he's interested in the individual sinner. He's out there and where he's going, those aren't big cities. That's not Oklahoma City. That's not even Portland where he's going. But God's interested in them just as much as he is in Oklahoma City. Amen. Okay. So you've got a, you've got a starting place. That's Gath Hefer. Okay. Now look at the second place mentioned. Read verse 2. It says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. Jonah went down to Joppa. You know, when you're trying to get away from the presence of the Lord, when you're only interested in your life and not what God has for you, and you're trying to run away from God, you'll find your own Joppa. Amen. Now, as Gathifer was the starting place, and it's never too late to start. Amen. Okay. As Gathifer is the starting place, what Joppa is, is the place of distraction, the distracting place. Amen. What do you mean by that, preacher? Well, again, the name, okay? You, you check it out, and it, and it has, what, what Joppa was, the way they illustrate it, is that it was, a, it was such a beautiful place that you'd be taken up in the beauty of, of, of Joppa. You'd be in awe once you went to Joppa, okay? It's, it's almost like you're, you're out in the desert and you come to an oasis and you don't want to leave the oasis because everything else is desert. You get the illustration? That's what Joppa was. A Joppa had anything and everything to sidetrack Jonah. Uh, don't, don't stall too long. Amen. You know, we'll find our Joppa. Well, you know, I'm busy with this, and I've got this, and this is heavy on me. And You know, if you're looking for excuse, the devil's got him. You remember that song? Uh, inspirations did it, didn't he? Uh, excuses, excuses. You hear them every day. Hey, that's talking about somebody not getting saved. But hey, we're just as guilty once we're saved. We've got, we've got umpteen excuses why we can't get involved. Well, Johnny's going to be going to college and Susie's going to need braces and uh, the car's got a lot of miles. We're going to have to replace the car. I mean, I mean we can come up. We can be distra easily distracted. Amen. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. I'm running ahead of myself, but uh, we, we don't have any problem making a commitment if it's something we want. Amen. Uh, you know, if you like to watch a little television, even if it's news or sports or, you know, or something, okay, even an old movie, uh, they, they, they put all them commercials in there, okay? Uh, and, and they're telling you that you can't live without this. This is the most amazing thing that's ever been made. And before you know it, you've got so many of them gizmos and gadgets that you're working overtime to pay that $19.95. Hey, man. Hey, uh, I don't know what kind of car you might like. Okay. But let's say, let's say uh, 
you, you, you'd like to have a, a big one F-50 truck or a big Dodge Ram truck or something or one of them Chevy Sil Silverados. You know, they don't give them things away. But it's amazing. Boy, if you want that truck back bad enough, boy, you don't even have to pray about it. You don't even have to think about it. Just show me where to commit. And, boy, that's yours as long as you keep making those commitments. And all you're doing is investing in something that's going to rust out, break down, the tires will go flat, you have to keep it maintained, you have to pamper it along. Amen? Now, I'm, I'm not knocking. If you, can, if you can afford, hey, let's say you like those Escalades. Amen, those Cadillac Escalades. Uh, hey, if you can afford one, buy it. Drive it. Glory to God. God's not against you having things. Good night. God's choice is servants. They weren't paupers. Hey, David at one time was, was one of the wealthiest men in the world. Solomon was, was the wealthiest man in the world for a while. Amen. Abraham wasn't no slouch. Amen. Hey, God's not against you having things. What I was going to say is if you can afford an Escalade, mind. Hey, if you can afford two, I'll drive the other one. Amen. But if it's, if it's something we want, well, we're easily distracted to it. Amen. You, you think about phones. If, if they're waiting for me to pay $1,500 for a phone, they'll never sell one. Amen. I carried a flip phone for years. I, I, I actually was on the road for a while with no phone. I just a card that I checked my answering machine. Amen. Uh, hey, you, you think about it. They, uh, they'll come out, they, what is the latest? 13, I-13, Galaxy 13. You know, whatever. Amen. Hey, guess what? There'll be a 14. And they'll tell you it's got more pixels. I don't know what pixels are. Hey, pickles. I know what pixels are. Amen. But if you want it, if you want it, you, I, you know, people stand in line three days to get the first iPhone 14. And they'll pay that $1,500 and they'll go away. Boy, look what I got. Yeah, you got something that loses glitter because there's a 16 coming out. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying, hey, we, we, we're in Joppa. We're easily distracted in Joppa. Amen. You know, the, the, only, the, only peop, the only time people get uneasy is when you talk about money in church. Well, you talk about giving money in church and people get uneasy. Can I help you with something? I've heard folks say, well, you know, I pay my tithes. No, you didn't pay them. Uh, excuse me. They say, I, I got it backwards. They say, I give my tithes. No, you didn't give them. You paid them. That's what you owed. Somebody say, well, that was under the law. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. It was before the law, it was under the law, and it's after the law. If, the, if that's what the Lord required, then by grace we ought, to, we ought to at least match that. Amen. But what's your point in that? You're not given till after you've tithed. Tithe is what you owed. You say, no, no, I give my tithe. I, I can remember when you actually went to an office and paid your light bill. Amen. Everybody pays on the phone now. In fact, it probably comes out automatic. And if they don't remember, write it down, they're overdrawn. But I remember once, once you'd, go to, you'd go to the office to pay your light bill, and it'd be something you walk up to there and say, uh, I, come, I come to give you this for my light bill. And they said, it's a good thing you did, because we're just going to shut them off if you didn't. You didn't give them nothing. That's what you owed if you wanted that service. Money, money doesn't bother folks when it's their light bill, if, if it's their automobile, 
Now we're getting a little uneasy about gas prices. Amen. But hey, uh, if, if, if you want to go somewhere, if it's $4 a gallon, you're going. Right, right. Amen. Yep. Amen. Are you getting this? Well, it tickles me going to Walmart. Okay. I remember when they used to have uh, 20 items or less, the speedy lane. Now it's, you do it yourself. Yeah. Everything's you do it yourself. Amen. But I, I remember those 20 items or less. And, and I... I I'd get in there, and I, you know, I'm not big shopping on these trips. I mean, we're not loading up with steaks and potatoes and groceries, amen. Huh? I mean, we're just getting a couple items. We're only here a couple of days. Right. And, and here comes somebody. They got the cart full. Got the cart full. And they're going through the 20 items or less. Right. Amen. And they get them all wrong. They ring them all up. <laughs> And they tell him, okay, this is how much you owe. I've never seen him go. Every time I come to Walmart, all you want is my money. <laughs> See, you, you put the groceries in there. Right. Amen. See, money only makes you uneasy at church. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, you ought to preach the Bible. I am. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Okay. I'm trying to help you. You want a blessing? You want a blessing? Yes, hey, get involved. See, but we're easily distracted. We all have our own job. Well, notice the third place here. And that's, that's Nineveh. Okay. We, we already read it. How that Jonah paid his own fare to go to Nineveh. Well, you can either walk in the will of God and God pays the fare, or you can go away from God and do your own thing and it's going to cost you dearly. Well, yes, if you think it costs you to be in church, you just try and go out for a while. Amen. That's what it's going to cost you. Amen. You know, our God's so good and our God's so gracious. We're not as faithful as we ought to be, but our God's always faithful. Amen. It seems like our washer's still running when everybody else is broke down. Our, our tires are still going. I can remember when there was times when all I could afford was Maypops for tires. Meaning they, could, they may pop at any time, but that's all I can afford. Amen. Glory to God. But God would let me run on May Pops longer than those that had the deep treads. Right, amen. 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 Hey, you don't know what our God can do. But see, He paid His own fare to Nineveh. Okay? Uh, 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 he, he boarded the ship at Tarsus to go to Nineveh. I left out Tarsus. Let me back up for just a minute. Okay? I don't want to leave out Tarsus. Okay? Gath Hever's the starting place. Joppa is the distracting place. And he goes to uh, Joppa to pay, pay fare to go to Nineveh. I mean, go to uh, Tarsus. Okay? Now, Tarsus, what Tarsus is, is the place of contemplating, examining. Uh, Jonah had to think hard on what he was doing. And he made the wrong choice. Amen. See, just like I said, missions you have to enter into on purpose. Jonah went to Tarshish on purpose. He didn't accidentally get on board. And he paid his own fare. Now the thing about Tarshish is that it's a downward place. See, God wants you to think about where you are. And either you can go down on your own that God can raise you up, or God will help you to go down. And once God helps you to go down, I mean, you end up in the depths of the, of the ocean. In the very depths of the You think about how far down Jonah went. 
You know, and again, I'm running ahead of myself. Uh, The only way you can get back up is you have to retract those steps. Jonah had to retract those steps, and he ended up going to Nineveh. Okay, amen. You, You don't want to think the wrong thing. Did not Paul tell us that whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, you got to think right thoughts. You got to think about who our God is and how much He wants to reach the lost, how much He wants to get this young man on the field, how much He wants to get uh, Brother Matthews back to Vietnam, how much He wants to get that other fellow you got coming to the field. Amen. You got to think the right thoughts. It shouldn't be. You mean this has to fall on me? It should be. God, let it fall on me. I remember the Rochester's Becky wrote a song. And all I remember in the chorus is, if there can only be one, let me be the one. Remember I said God uses ones? Hey, if there can only be one to give to missions this year, let me be the one. If there can be only one to go to Oregon, let me be the one. Amen? Uh, Hey, it's a privilege. We ought to contemplate the privilege God puts before us. Amen? Working for the king. Amen? The benefits are out of this world. Working for the king. Well, there's, there's Gath Hefer, then there's Joppa, then there's Tarshish. He paid his own fare. He didn't want to go to Tarshish. I mean, didn't want to go to Nineveh. Now, I can understand a little bit of it. He knew that his God would be merciful, and he didn't care about them Gentile dogs. He didn't care if they all died in their sin. The, Jews had nothing to do with Gentiles except to make merchandise of them. Well, we criticize that, but duh. Amen. Hey, they're going to die. They're going to die in their sin. Can we save them all? No, but we can have a part. You know, God, our God's big enough. He could save the whole population. They, they tell us 7.7 billion people on planet Earth. I, I don't know how they do that, how they count all them people. Amen. But if there's 7.7 billion, God can do it. God's just looking for the people to respond. Amen. Well, the last place is Nineveh. And Nineveh was Jonah's place of service. Oregon's his place of service. Oklahoma City's Brother Bell's place of service. Sooner Rose Baptist Church is your place of service. Until God gives you different orders. Remember, he kept tying himself to the local church. Amen, amen. God gives us all a place of service. Again, somebody said, well, you know, I know I come to Sooner Rose, but I don't really do that much. Well, whose fault? Whose fault is it? Not God's fault. Amen. You know what our problem is? We're like Jonah. Jonah wanted to tell the Lord what he wanted to do. And we want to tell the Lord what we want to do. Remember I said there's an underlying theme here. The importance of the will of God. The happiest place you'll be is in the center of God's will. Amen. Notice something else, and I'll be done, okay? Look, look again at verse 2, and I'll close on this. He says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and notice now, and cry against it. Now, there's a twofold meaning in that cry. One is, he was to cry aloud and spare not the preaching that he did. Okay, he was to cry against it, cry aloud and spare not. Okay, but the other is an underlying message, and that is that he won't go without crying. 
he won't get involved without a burden. Uh, you'll not get a burden unless you cry against it. Amen. I, in the church we were saved in, I like your mourner's benches. Churches have taken out altars. They took out mourner's benches years ago, and now they're taking out altars. Uh, but, I, you know, I like your mourner's benches. When we were first saved, and, and we've not been saved as some, uh, long as some of you have, but I remember when we were first saved, how I could see them old-timers crying, crying on the altars, crying, crying on the mourner's bench. That church we saved and had mourner's benches. I could see them old-timers Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't let them die and go to hell. Oh, God. You know, we see sinners all the time. And all we see is how they're in our way. Amen. I mean, we'll run them over trying to get the church house. Amen. I heard the story about the, about the evangelist running late for the meeting, trying to get to the church, and he's behind a little old man who went for a walk and took his pickup with him. And he about runs the little old man over trying to get to church. We're no better. We don't even cry over loved ones anymore. Our schedules are so full and we're so busy. Are you really? Are you really that busy? I remember when you give invitations. And well, you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to pull them down. Nowadays it's almost like you're begging them to come. Won't you come, get right with y'all and do something with y'all? Won't you come at least thank him for he's 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 wants to use you, and nobody makes a move. Hey, you won't do anything without a move toward God, without a burden upon your heart. You won't do anything. He he was studying about the Northwest, not knowing that hey, God's going to send you there someday. What did you accidentally start to think about? It wasn't by accident. God wants you to cry over that. That might be what he has for you. I've heard the excuse, and I'm done. You can make your way, preacher. Uh, well, I'm too old. Well, you know, some of the greatest men of God didn't even, didn't even make a move until they was in their 50s. Some would say, well, I'm too young. Well, I can tell you where God used a little lad with a little lunch. See, whatever excuse you've got, it, it won't hold water with God. Amen. We're going to have to cry, cry against it, get involved, do our part. Father, pray you'd help the pastor now, help him to close the service. Your will be done, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that. And uh, when a preacher hears a preacher, sometimes his mind just explodes of all different avenues and, and paths and things that um, the thoughts taking. And uh, a lot of them come to me. And, you know, I preached a message out of Jonah as well. I'm talking about. The size, it's a great city, a great distance from where he started, and um, and there's a great God. Uh, but anyway, it's in Mother Bible, the outline. But I appreciate the the message, and it got hit on the point of distractions, and I'm just guilty, and I'm gonna have to confess, and and but you know. I know some of the things what, you know, as far as going, but, you know, 
missions is not necessarily like Brother Cooley going, not uh, like me coming here and uh, whatever as far as you know, God moving people. Sometimes, and again, going back to the local church, local church efforts, there's more in missions, there's giving, and then there's praying, you know, and, and the, stat, the status of some people's lives, um, they would never be qualified to go as a preacher, never be called as a preacher or missionary. But God has established you in life to maybe give, and then maybe you can't give the, maybe you can give, everybody can give something, but maybe you can't give as much as somebody else. But you can give your time and prayer. And God's got people in different walks of life. Some in retired. Some still have to go to work and, you know, distracted from the, the, the things at work and have, you know, working a second, second job, a secular job. Um, but, you know, some have time. The 40 hours of time that some devote, some of us devote on the job, punching in the clock, you don't have that 40 hours anymore. And so you have some time, and I appreciate folks that uses their time to go out and pass out tracts and go out and witness and to pray and to study their Bibles. But so many times, you know, again, the point that hit me was them distractions, them joppas, and uh, just so many distractions. And I'm, I'm uh, God began to list some of those distractions in my life. And I'm going to have to just mark them and avoid them, kind of like Mark 16. <laughs> Is it Mark then that caused the, the, the division or whatever, the, contrary, uh, the, the doctrine you have learned. I'm going to mark some other things in my life, those, those, uh, those things in my life that, uh, that distract me and try to, to, to stay away from those purposely. And it may have to be that somebody that does that as well. But, you know, as a, as a local church and the body, we're all not all mouths and we're not all eyes and we're not all hands some, and we're not all feet. But we are together, fitly, you know, joined together as a body. And then as a body in the missions program that he just talked about, you know, we support missions. And only two times in the two and a half years that I've been here as the missions come in, Two times, I think, maybe three, um, since I've been here in the two and a half years, um, that we've actually had to pull out of the general fund at the end of the month to shore things up. Basically, it's come in. Sometimes it comes in with exactly the amount that, that we send out, and other times it comes in with a little overage. But it, it comes in, and I thank the Lord for that. And I know that as the preaching advances these next several days, in the next couple of days, then he'll get into the giving part, but, you know, the prayer letters. And one of the things we, why I emphasize praying or reading the letters is so we know how to pray for the missionaries. You know, and there's one missionary that come by, and we've never taken them on for support financially. I don't, God's not led us to do that, but we still read his prayer letters. And we pray for him. I pray for him. And so, you know, uh, we, can, we, can, uh, we can give in that sense. And we do for him. And we, we can do for others as well. But, but I, I pre- so just, again, this is different. It's different than most of the meetings that we've had. Uh, I'm, I'm liking that it's different. I wanted as your pastor to introduce you. I don't know. Maybe some of you have seen some of this in the past. I don't know. It's not in the last two years that I've been here. But um, I wanted to, to get our minds a little bit on missions. You know, some of it, it's not all finances. It's praying, and it's sometimes it's us ourselves going, whether it is a witness across the street, a witness on the job, at the beauty shop, at the barber shop, wherever you, you go, you know, having that gospel track, invitation to church where God, you know, just testify. I want, I mean, like John Newton, we still sing it. We still sing his testimony. I once was lost, (laughs) but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And, and, you know, our testimony, I was once, I once ran, you don't have to go into the details, but I once ran in the dens of iniquity. 
I once was on drugs. I once was a drunk. I once was a harlot. I once was some of these things. But God delivered me through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. So, you know, and then point, pointing people to the gospel. That, that's, that's it. And if you can't give your testimony, just invite them to church. And we'll preach the gospel to them down here. And to pray for them. You can do that. And trust the Lord to, uh, to answer the prayer. One of the things, um, and I, I don't know, maybe I've done it once, but, and, and people, some people eat out quite often, but when you do eat out, one of the things that uh, somebody said that, and I think it was pretty good do, uh, to do to, uh, as an inroad, you know, most of the time they come to get your drink, and a lot of time people will go ahead and, you know, pray then, especially if you're in a Mexican place because you want to eat the chips. But, um, but as they come to get your drink order, say, you know, we're Christians and we're getting ready to pray over our food. And I ask the server, is there anything that in your life that you'd like for us to pray about? And that could be just a little inroad, just a little simple something like that. That you can, you know, and, you know, you're not trying to, go with the right attitude. Don't, I'm, you know, holier than thou kind of, just with the right attitude. Be sincere. And if they see your sincerity, that, says, that speaks volumes. And pray for them. And maybe take, you know, give them an invitation at the end. So anyway, so I'm looking forward to what God's got for us uh, in this. And uh, I think we will have a song of invitation. I don't know, you know, you want to pray for it. I've got something to pray about. <laughs> but maybe the Lord has spoken to your heart about praying again. Just be open. I want the hearts to be open these days to the word of God as it's preached to us. And uh, as what God might have you to do, give, pray, go, whatever might God have you to do. And um, even if it's on a street corner with a sign, on a street, on a street corner with a word. And, and, and I've mentioned it, or, you know, we've, we've, we've gone and knocked some doors and handed out tracts. And, and I know some have gone and handed out tracts while others have preached. I know that's happened. But, and I'd like to see maybe some of that happening more around here, but... Again, we got to watch them excuses and so them distractions. So, Brother Tim, Miss Pam, come. If the Lord's spoken to you in any way, the altars are open. You know, I want to use folks more around here, and I appreciate the things that folks are doing, from the trash to the toilets to the soundboard to whatever else. It's all a part of the ministry, and, I, and I, I'm thankful for that, but... There's more than just in here. There's a lot out there. And, uh, and help us as a church to get out there. Go ahead, brother.